Welcome to the Wisdom and Wealth Podcast, a series of conversations designed to equip you, our listener, with the helpful insights necessary to simplify the critical decision points of life. I'm Josh Clues, a wealth advisor with Carson Wealth here in the Woodlands, Texas. I believe my calling in this life is to enable others to fulfill their own calling by helping them harness their financial wealth to their purpose in life. Please join me each week for market thoughts, planning ideas, and most importantly, intangible balance sheet discussions, which highlight the importance of all those things money can't buy and death can't take away. Investment advisory services offered through CWM, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Hello and welcome in to this edition of Wisdom and Wealth. Uh, As always, I'm Josh Clues. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today, I think I want to continue to expand upon last uh, episode, the last episode that we published, and what I'm kind of tongue in cheek dubbing the the forbidden series, uh, forbidden questions uh, podcast series. So, I think last week I had try to explain that um, one question you should ask your advisor if you see that they have a lower than normal fee is what their succession plan is. And today I want to expand on the context of why I'm asking that and why it's important that you should make that connection and why seeing low fees should trigger uh, that question in your mind. I promise you they're they're linked, um, but bear with me for a, for a moment while we we get there. So it's important to view the financial advice industry as a business. And just like every business, there are margins and there are profits that allow you to invest back in your business, which incentivize certain activities. So if you ask uh, how many clients your advisor has, you can then kind of back into the gross revenue number for the firm based off of your fee, if it's the the traditional fee. Remember, payroll, rent, compliance, marketing, all those other normal things that go into a business have to be paid. Uh, If the number that you see that you end up with doesn't seem attractive to you, this is probably not a good sign for the longevity of the firm that you're partnering with. So it's going to directly correlate to their ability to attract and retain talent to serve your needs or your abilities at every chapter of your life. One of the questions that I think you should always be asking is, is this firm going to be able to serve me? Is is this team going to be able to serve me at every phase of life? It's easy to get short term focus and say, Hey, I've got a problem. I need this met today. And then we'll figure the rest out later. So if their fees are low, it's a rational conclusion that they are working on volume of clients, not margin, right? So you can, in business, you can either be a volume-based business or a margin-based business. It seems pretty basic, right? Uh, I would submit to you that in the financial advice business, uh, it can be the difference between getting very intimate, curated, differentiated advice for generations to come or at just getting the minimum attention necessary to service your need in the moment and, and keep your business. So why, why have I camped out on this, this facet of, you know, volume-based business um, or a, volu- a, a practice that's based on the volume of clients? It's a risk to you in the cl- as a client because now I'm arming you to think through this, you know, and to, to know why that I'm a, 
why, why that's a big deal. You don't want to be constantly wondering if your portfolios are being managed and monitored in accordance with 250 or 500 additional clients. Um, if they're not re regularly reaching back out to you and asking what's going on in your life, that there's probably not a good sign, right? What other risk, different risk mitigations should they, can, can they proactively put on, put, put in uh, to practice on your behalf? It's just not going to happen. So this is another, another question that I, that I ask all the time is, you know, Hey, if you're okay with just getting kind of a contact type planning experience, then that's, that's fine. But you need to know what you're signing up for. Um, and you need to know whether there's going to be longevity there or not. That's one of the reasons why I ask about tax returns. You know, I, I'm sure everybody's tired of hearing me ask about this, but it bears repeating. How can someone put together a customized portfolio for you without reading your tax return? If they don't know anything about your cash flow, it's impossible for them to put together a portfolio that's customized to your needs, um, even at, a, at an elementary level. So when you have too many clients, you don't go seeking more opportunities to be held accountable. You don't go seeking opportunities to serve others. You're seeking the next, the next client. You're seeking the next person that can maximize your paycheck when you're in a volume-based business. You're hard, your business is just hardwired to seek more opportunities and to give the bare minimum to your existing clients. That's the lifeblood of your business. That is the the kind of crux of having a volume based business. If you're out there and you're in a volume based industry, I'm not knocking your business model. But this industry isn't one that I think should be in a volume based business. The advisor who charges fees, you know, to 250 or 500 clients and has no staff and is still actively looking to grow is not much different than that old school advisor that you used to see on Hollywood that, you know, was smiling and dialing is the term they used to use and say, you just go sell individual stocks based off commission. It's not much different. It's just that the revenue model is far more, far more predictable. Uh, it's just a transactional arrangement. And then he or she is moving on to the next, the next account. Uh, you need to know that at the outset and decide, is that something that I want to be a part of? And is that something that is sustainable for the long term? Zeroing out a little bit, the other reason that I believe, um, or, or zooming out a little bit rather, the other reason I believe that advisors are running a volume, or kind of incentivized to run a volume-based business is they're looking for an exit. And what I mean by that is they're looking for the ability to sell their client practice to someone else who will come in and pay them a multiple of two or three or you know who knows what how many times uh, their gross revenue. So these buyers can be everyone from other advisory firms to private equity firms. But granted, if you're partnering with an advisor who is over the age of 50, you should just point blank be asking them, when do you plan on retiring and what's the plan? If they can't answer that with a straight face, that's something that you need to work through. Um, their succession plan is intricately linked to the level of service that you're going to receive. But again, going back to that idea of volume versus, um, you know, ver versus a margin-based business, that breaks into the level of and the caliber 
of suitor that's going to be looking to buy that practice, if you're already partnered with somebody that is, say, over the age of 50 or over the age of 60, that it has a direct bearing on the type of suitor that's going to come and buy that that person out. J.D. Power just uh, did a study last year that concluded that the average age of advisors is 57. And if you look at the age breakdown of certified financial planning professionals, 45% are over the age of 50. So back to my original point, who are you doing business with, who you're doing business today and their revenue model directly implicates and has a bearing on who you're going to be doing business with um, when you're 70, when you're 80, or who your wife is going to be doing business with, or who your spouse, whoever outlives the other, but statistically speaking, you know, women live longer than men, uh, is going to be doing business with. So back to my original point, who do you want to be doing business with and why do you want to be doing business with them? At the outset, if planning is not the basis of your relationship, there's a disconnect. And if consistent planning is not the basis of your relationship, semi-annual quarterly updates, things that go beyond just simple, hey, I sent you a, a report and, and we're good until next year. Those are the things that need to be all weighed into the process. So if you're, so would you rather pay twice as much, uh, you know, for someone you know, in pain and agony, but have a low fee, right? Which would you rather have? At the end of the day, you want to make sure that you're doing business with someone that you can count on for the long haul and who you can count on to actually be there as you age and as your family matures. I, this kind of thing has been likened to, um, you know, an airline pilot or a bunch of people that are on a, an airplane and the pilot comes to the back of the plane and says, Hey, it's been fun, but I got to retire. And then he just jumps out, parachutes out of the plane. And as he leaves, he says, you know, Hey, I briefed the, the new guy. Don't worry. He knows all about you and you're going to like him. I'm being a little bit facetious here, but you get the idea. It's not much different. If you already know that the pilot of your financial plane is going to be planning an exit, you need to be having that proactive conversation of what is the next step and are you comfortable with that? Is your spouse comfortable with that? Is your family comfortable with that? Um, so again, back to the the reason why low fees trigger that succession strategy. It, it may not be even retirement. It may be that they just want an exit. Maybe they're in their late 40s, early 50s, and your advisor hasn't brought it up to you, but their plan is not to retire. Their plan is just to sell their business and move on, um, can, can be part of it. So that's why you need to be doing your homework up front and laying that foundation, uh, at the outset. So this leads me to my last point, and this is something that's near and dear to our heart. Um, we don't want you to view your fees as a cost. I think that's part of the reason why people are attracted to low fees. Want, I want you rather to view your, your fees as an investment. And if you can't view them with an as an investment in your financial future, that's really telling about the fit that you have with the person that you're dealing with. We view everything else in life as an investment, you know, a, a cost benefit analysis, a, a time benefit analysis so that, you know, hey, we don't have to spend time worrying about something, whether it's, you know, just 
basic home maintenance and upkeep to uh, any other, think of any other service industry. The financial service industry is the same thing. Partnering with an advisor and team is so much more uh, than just figuring out the shortest, shortest path to retirement. It's helping, it's, you're literally hiring a consultant that is going to be there with you at every step of the way. And no matter what life throws at you, they should be at your disposal. You're, you're partnering with someone so that they can be at your disposal to walk through the different complexities that life may throw at you so that you have faith that you're taken care of, those you care about are taken care of, and that your family is equipped to make the most intellectually rational decision possible. That's what your fee arrangement is an investment in. It's not simply just a sunk cost um, for investment management and things of that nature. That's all part of it, but it's just a small piece. So that brings me to a close today. If you have questions, I'm happy, more than happy to reach out, to have you reach out to me and we can um, talk through what your specific question is. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, please like and rate the the show if you, if you can, um, as that helps us reach additional listeners. And as always, know that I'm wishing you and your family continued truth, beauty, and goodness on the road ahead. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you again for joining us. We trust that this time has left you better equipped to steward both your wealth and your financial resources. May you and your family find truth, beauty, and goodness on the road ahead. The opinions voiced in the Wisdom and Wealth podcast by Josh Clues are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, please consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. The guests on the Wisdom and Wealth podcast are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services are offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Please know that converting from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA is a taxable event. A Roth IRA offers tax-free withdrawals on taxable contributions. To qualify for a tax-free and penalty-free withdrawal on earnings, a Roth IRA must be in place for at least five tax years. The distribution must take place after age 59 and a half or due to death, disability, or a first-time home purchase of up to $10,000 lifetime maximum. Depending on state law, Roth IRA distributions may be subject to state taxes. Our local address is 1780 Hughes Landing, Suite 570, Woodlands, Texas, 77380.